Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yo, yo, it's time to talk that sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. Tackle this beat, don't ever count us out, cause we always kicking out. We go off with people and put the smack down on the street. New desperados in town, we going all elite. Mess around, got a triple double on them. Something like OG slam ducking on them. We got what you want, we got what you need. We bringing in heat. You wanna talk this and that, but we want that Hall of Fame chat. You always see us swinging for the fences. So watch out ladies and gents Cause we in the last strategy section And you know we gonna keep you guessing Tag teaming on these haters Sending up blessings We gonna keep praying for you Cause you know that old saying Don't hate the player, hate the game See that's the thing that separates us We're on that road to greatness And there ain't no stopping us We them go-getters and we gonna go get it Shutting it down like a no-hitter With three balls and two strikes Two away We throwing that splitter You never seen it coming Something like an arcade Whoa We gonna keep the crowd jumping And if you ain't down with that We got four words for you Cause it's Sports Talk With Cooper and Big Man Joining me is Cooper. How you doing, buddy? What's up, man? How's it going? Good, good. We had a great weekend of college and NFL football. Yes, we did. Let's get into this, brother. Oh, yeah. Let's start it off with the top 25 uh, score recaps. Number 25, Tulsa took on Tulane and won in double overtime on Thursday night. Next up, we have on Saturday, number 6, Florida beating Vanderbilt 38-17. A close game here in Central Florida and Orlando as number 7 Cincinnati barely uh, holds off Central Florida 36-33. 
Oregon struggling a little bit against the run and passing on uh, with uh, UCLA still manages to win thanks to four turnovers, 38-35. Clemson, Florida State uh, was postponed. We'll get into that a little bit later. Miami, uh, Georgia Tech also postponed. Believe both were due to COVID issues. Uh, number one, Alabama ran rope shot all over Kentucky, 63 to three. A great game up at the Horseshoe in Ohio. Uh, Ohio State barely holding on to beat number nine, Indiana, 42-35. Next up, we have number eight, BYU, cruising to an easy victory over North Alabama, 66-14. And one of those upsets and a game I predicted what was going to happen, number 19, Northwestern, upsets number 10, Wisconsin, 17-7. Number 13, Georgia took on Mississippi State, holding out a possible uh, upset, 31-24. And a game that I was wrong, you were right, and you were right by a lot. Number 18, Oklahoma smokes the Cowboys, 41-13. Them boomer sooners. That's right. Number 15, Coastal Carolina coasts their way to a victory over Appalachian State, 34-23. I believe I took Appalachian State. You took Coastal Carolina, so you were correct, and I was wrong yet again. <laughs> Number 17, Iowa State blanks Kansas State 45-0. I believe we both took Iowa State, though we were expecting a little bit better game from Kansas State. Uh, let's see here. Next up, we had number 20, SC, taking on Utah, winning, or UC, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting too fast for myself. USC wins 33-17. And let's see, uh, NC State ends Liberty's run for an undefeated season, winning 15-14. to Auburn beat Tennessee 23, uh, number 3, 23 Auburn won over Tennessee 30-17. to We also had postponements of Ole Miss at Texas A&M, Charlotte at Marshall, Texas, Kansas, and Louisiana Central Arkansas. And now we're going to move on and recap a wonderful weekend in the NFL. Let's do it, brother. Thursday night, we had one hell of a lacious game as Arizona traveled up to Seattle to take on the Seahawks, who win on a walk-off sack of Kyler Murray, winning 28-21. Your Pittsburgh Steelers rolled the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville 27-3. Yes, baby. The Denver Broncos upset the Miami Dolphins in Denver, winning 20-13. Fly Eagles Fly is no more as Cleveland wins on the ground, winning 22-17. Despite missing Drew Brees for the next three weeks and having uh, a surprising start from Taysom Hill, Saints win 24-9 against the Falcons. Getting his first victory in over two years after a gruesome leg injury, Alex Smith leads the Washington football team over the Bengals 20-9. Bengals lose Joe Burrow, though, in a knee injury. Uh, We'll cover that a little bit later, too. Panthers shut out the Lions 20-0. Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry run all over the Ravens' defense in the second half, winning 30-24 in overtime. Texans and uh, Deshaun Watson doing his best imitation of Derrick Henry bulldozes his way into a touchdown and leading the Texans 27-20 over the Patriots. In a game that I kind of predicted was going to be a little bit closer than it should have been, the L.A. Chargers took on the New York Jets. Chargers winning 34-28. 
almost blew another lead that they had. <laughs> and I called that, and that was a possibility. Um, in a surprisingly awesome game. Wish it was kind of the Sunday night game, so I could have actually got to watch it, but unfortunately it was not available to us to watch. The Colts beat the Packers in overtime 34-31. Cowboys get their first win in, four, in about five weeks, uh, winning 31-28 in Minnesota against the Vikings. Oh, boy, skipped happy. Oh, yeah, he was happy. And the Kansas City Chiefs last-second drive to beat the Raiders 35-31 on Sunday Night Football. And my team, LA Rams, came down, whooped Tampa Bay, whooped Tom Brady. We won 24, or 27-24. Whipped him, huh? Shut up. Is that the story you're going with? Yes. All right. We're supposed to be unbiased here, brother. Well, okay, we were predicted by pretty much everybody to lose except you and I. So guess what? I get to rub that in everybody's face. There you go. So there you go. And I meant the pudding, and so I know L.A. fans were probably like, we can win this game, and we did. <laughs> we picked off Tom Brady twice in that game. That's fantastic. <laughs> yes, Fuller had a good game. Yes, two picks for Fuller. All right, man, let's switch gears, go back to some college football, and talk about some uh, interesting Developing news in the college football world. Oh, yes. This is going to get crazy. Yes, it is. All right. First up, we have Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney believes that Florida State claimed they didn't want to play this past Saturday to avoid being bait badly. Florida State coach Mike Norville disputes claims, saying that the medical staff advised against playing. It was not the coach's decision. Cooper, who's telling the truth more than likely? Hmm. Really makes you wonder, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Cause like, why would why would he just why would he say that? Why like, what's the point? What mm-hmm. are you gonna gain out of it? So right, it really makes you wonder. Yep, it does. All right, man. Next up, we are gonna talk about Kyle Trask, who continues to make his case as a Heisman candidate, as well as being a first round pick in this year's NFL draft or next year's NFL draft, with another outstanding performance without his go-to man, Kyle Pitts, who was out for the second straight week with concussion issues. Pitts, though, is expected back this week. Cooper, what are your thoughts on Kyle Trask as he continues his march to the Heisman Trophy? This this kid is amazing, bro. And I'm so happy to see the Gators finally have a good quarterback. Since Tim Tebow, that hasn't been really a good quarterback, we finally got one, brother. Finally got a good team going, so let's see where it goes. I hope to God they make it all the way. That would be sweet. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, it's going to be kind of a one-and-done thing because he's doing great. It's his senior year, and he's going to the draft next year. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? Hey, we'll take it. Right? Take it. Uh, I I honestly believe uh, that even though they will be completely favored, look out, Bama, because this Florida team's ready to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... All right, man. Uh, let's see here. Oregon struggles against the run versus UCLA, and it nearly cost them the game. Oregon benefited from four turnovers that led to 28 points, which is what really kept them in the game. Struggles like this could cause the Pac-12 a chance at the college football playoff. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, and uh, you weren't too happy. Uh, we watched the game, and uh, Big Man was... Uh, he was saying some obscenities to the TV, man. I was thinking, dang, brother. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, they, they uh, if it wasn't for them pulling this out, I don't know what would have happened because it's like, dude, their defense could not stop the run. Mm-mm. They couldn't stop it. 
Right. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Oregon, but there's there's one thing I've noticed from the Pac-12 compared to, you know, other conferences. They're small guys. Yeah. They're very small guys. Yeah. You know, we need some bigger guys on the defensive line, on the offensive line, all that. Everybody else can be small. But yeah. beef them dudes up. Get them from Idaho. Get them from somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah, look at Nebraska. Look at Wisconsin. Yeah. Look at all the places that were they Beef them up, Corn-fed. <laughs> Corn-fed, boys. We need those. You got to get Texas. You got to get here in the south. Yeah, I understand. It's it's uh, really bad, though. Um, it didn't help, though, that Noah uh, Sewell ended up getting an injury, which looked devastating. It oh, turned it out did, it wasn't didn't even, it? It didn't turn out to be as bad as we thought. Yeah. Though he is wearing an ankle brace in practice, but it looks like he'll be able to go against Oregon State this next Saturday. Well, that, that's a relief. Yep. All right, speaking of the college football playoff, they may have a conundrum on their hands as soon uh, on their hands soon, as Cincinnati continues to keep winning. Also looking to make a big splash is BYU, who also continues to be undefeated. There are currently three teams undefeated in the top three. Um... In Alabama, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. If one of them were to lose, i.e. Notre Dame losing to in the ACC Championship game to Clemson, or Alabama to Florida in the SEC Championship game, it will make things harder on the playoff community to uh, uh, elevate either BYU or Cincinnati over, I meant to put over, I put or, <laughs> over a one-loss Notre Dame, Florida, Alabama, or Clemson. Honestly, this continues to scream for my model of eight super conferences, geographically sensible conferences, of course, and an 18 playoff featuring conference champs only. Cooper, your thoughts? Yes, very much so. I think the the way they have the playoff set up is just it doesn't work, and it doesn't it doesn't fit well for a team that can go almost undefeated and not even make the playoffs. How is that fair to a team? Right. That's, that's so bogus. I I think that they need to change it up, or else you're gonna have a lot of people that will be like, okay. Well, since you're not going to, you know, change it up, we're quitting our, our, our football program or whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? And that's that's not fair to the, the boys that want to play. Right. And, and what I don't like is, too, that you have a selection committee determining who should be in and who And belongs. I'm sorry, but... But they're biased. But they're very biased. SEC, mostly. Yeah. So, so I mean, so I mean, honestly, you could see two SEC teams in there if Florida were to upset Alabama in the SEC championship game, mm-hmm. and that could still kick out either an undefeated Cincinnati team or an undefeated BYU team. It just it makes no sense the way they've got this set up. Dude. Absolutely not. Um, I mean, what are you going to do if we have an undefeated Oregon team or an undefeated USC team, and you still have an undefeated Notre Dame, Alabama, and Ohio State? And you still have those other two, Cincinnati and BYU, are undefeated. So, so because of who, who, oh, who, who gets who, elevated, who the favor is gets elevated. That's just that ain't right. Exactly. So I mean, it's just like whatever, dude. Yeah. So it it's gonna be interesting. Uh, sometimes it works its way around where they can pretty. Much I mean, take I the understand that it's kind of hard to, but it's kind of hard to you know make make a difference with it when you've got so many teams, but. There is a way they can go about it. it it's like you said, the, the seed playoff thing. They could do that, and it would actually work. Yeah. But Let it, the it's players called, determine it's who called they, it. they have to actually make the change. And, yeah. You know, you've got a lot of stubborn people out there that want to go with 
old school rules and old school this, that, and the other. And right. So. Yeah. All right, man. So let's go ahead and shift gears again and head to some NFL notes. That let's we have. do it. So the Cowboys end their four-game winning streak coming off a of bye week and upsetting the Vikings in Minnesota. The offense actually looked inspired. The defense played well enough. The Vikings continue to be a quarterback away from contention. Cousins is a solid backup at best, a QB that can win you a game or two in a pinch with your starter out. Dallas still has a chance in the NFC East, but that isn't saying much since everybody in that division does. Did you just say four-game four winning streak? Ended their four-game skid. Meant losing streak. <laughs> uh, I, I was just trying to help you out there, brother. My bad. So, yeah, they're on a four-game losing streak, the four-game skid. Well, we know Skip's happy. Um, yeah. I really could give a shit less about this this game here. Um, I don't really care for the Cowboys. I've always thought they were way overrated. And you can't call yourself America's team when Texas is like, what, the Lone Star State? Yeah, they'd rather be a, a country yeah. to themselves than be a, really a part of the union anyway. So, so there you go. All right, man, uh, uh, sad news coming out of Cincinnati, as we mentioned earlier. Joe Burrow's rookie season comes to an unfortunate end after it was confirmed that he suffered a torn ACL and MCL and also other structural issues in his knee. Uh, this is a terrible way for his season to end. He really kept the Bengals in most of their games this season and was uh, the leader for Offensive Rookie of the Year. That award now is basically Justin Herbert's to lose at this point. Cooper, your thoughts on Joe Burrow's season coming oh, to an man. abrupt end? It is very, very sad and very... It's just... It's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, it's different when you see somebody in the NBA that goes number one to, like, say, the crappiest team in the league. Right. Because they're not going to get physically hurt like a football player would. Right. I think there needs to be some type of, of demographic where, you know, you're not always drafted by the team that needs it the most. Because look at this kid's career now. It's in question because mm-hmm. he was drafted by the Bengals. Yeah. And they did not have the offensive line for him. Right. Nobody was protecting this kid. And I'll tell you what. He, he made some really good plays this season. He and I, it's very sad to watch him go. Because when you see the talent that man has, and now it's in question for his whole career pretty yeah. much. I mean, you could say what you want, but, you know, oh, he's going to have surgery, he'll be back. But what if he doesn't come back the same? That's you know true. what I mean? That's true. So, um, if I'm Cincinnati, though, I'm investing my draft capital as much as I can into my offensive line. If I can, I might be even try to look to get uh, Panay Well, I know that sounds like a homer thing for me to say, but he is considered the top offensive lineman in this year's draft from Oregon. Yes, it sounds homers, but you can ask anybody out there. They consider him the consensus number one overall offensive lineman, no matter what position on the offensive line. Yeah. He's the top graded tackle, offensive lineman, oh, whatever. Dude, they need to do something because... Yeah. Uh... It's really sad to see. I mean, you, you know, it's... And, and what I really hate is you always see a quarterback go number one. Every time. Just about, yeah. And then and then you never get to see them reach their full potential 
Because they always go to the shittiest fucking demon league. Excuse my language, but it really gets on my nerves. Yeah, it does. So, especially when you see something like that happen to somebody that has so much talent that could could do better if they actually if they actually had a line. Right. So. Right. All right, man. Speaking of Justin Herbert, though, and the Chargers, they managed to hold the lead for the first time in a while. But boy, did the Jets make it close there at the end as the final score was 34-28. The Chargers got to figure out how to keep teams from coming back on them because a winless Jets team should not have any confidence in coming back in that game. I mean, well, this is like what we've talked about for weeks now with the Chargers. Mm -hmm. Their defense. Yeah. Like, their offense is stout. But their defense is what what what's harming them, man. So, yeah. what they got to figure something out, man. I'd, Absolutely. So, um, I, and honestly, I know he, knock on wood, he hasn't been hurt yet. But I mean, I gotta say, if I'm Justin Herbert, I'd still hopefully maybe get in somebody's ear and go, "Hey, I would like Penesuel back, please. I need more protection on my line, because you never know. You you never know." And that would be great help for him, too. Yeah, so, we'll, it'll be interesting how the sweepstakes for Penesuel work out. Dallas could actually use him because Tyrone Smith is getting old quickly. So, yeah. And can't stay healthy. So, actually, um, even though quarterbacks are a very hot commodity, the blind side of the quarterback, protect the blind side protector of a quarterback, is also a hot commodity. And Penesuel should be definitely looked at. I mean, but not only that with quarterbacks. I mean, look at Sam Donald, dude. Yeah, well, we're about to talk about Sam Darnold. I mean, yeah. it's just crazy the way they are with quarterbacks. It really is. It is. Again, speaking of those winless Jets, one has to wonder if that's now if they're now purposely keeping Sam Darnold on the sidelines to keep losing so they can hold on to the number one overall pick in next year's draft. Uh, the plan for him is to practice this Wednesday and see how he progresses. Word is that throwing doesn't seem to be the issue, but whether or not the sh- uh, shoulder can handle taking a hit. Cooper, your thoughts on the Jets handling Sam Darnold's injury? Mm. Well, it's good for him either way. He's getting paid. Right. But um, really, really, that's not what they want. They want to play. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I've said, and like I've, we were talking about tonight, you don't have an offensive line. There ain't shit you can do. Yeah. I mean, so, they did draft a... A very good tackle last year, Miheke uh, 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 Becton. Um, but unfortunately, the rest of the offensive line is pretty much um, a sieve, really. They just easily can get through that offensive and, line, you know. And not, and every, of course, you got. And hurt. not every quarterback can run, dude. Not every quarterback can get out the pocket and do yeah. what they got to do. I mean, I, I guess that's yeah. That's well, the thing, thing with uh, Darnold, though, is a lot of people say he's. it's not the fact that he can't mobile. He's mobile. The problem is is he's not one of those quarterbacks who uh, goes down easily, slides, gets out of bounds, away from yeah. people. He's more than willing to take a hit yeah. and throw a hit himself. Uh, a lot of people blame that's why Carson Wentz is having struggles, and they believe that's probably why Sam Darnold's having struggles. He's not afraid to throw a hit. Sam Darnold, when Let's he was see, in high school, was a linebacker, that, so he knows it to be tough. That's the thing with people, though, is you know they they, they have they can sit there and say all they want to about this side or the other, but really, honestly, mm-hmm. it's like, what would you do? You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, really, yeah. I mean these quarterbacks, 
you got to give them credit, dude, because a lot of times they're, they're drafted to the shittiest team in the league, and then then they got to sit there for however long. Well, I mean, really. Yeah. So. All right, man. And finally, we're going to talk about a topic that you're going to love talking well, about because yes. it's your Pittsburgh Steelers. Them terrible towels, baby. That's How right. you doing? Your Pittsburgh Steelers have remained undefeated after beating the Woolful Jaguars this past Sunday. Roethlisberger has yet to enter MVP discussions, but I believe it is time that he should as he continues to lead the league's only remaining undefeated team. Stats are great and all, but we saw what this team was like without him last year. It was barely able to tread water and at times looked completely lost. I could make a case that not only should Roethlisberger be in the MVP docs, but needs to be in the comeback player of the year accolades as well. Though, that, uh, though depending on how this season finishes out for Washington, Alex Smith may get that award as there was a point in the time last year that his career seemed to be over and there was also fear that his leg could be amputated and his life could also have been in danger from um, a very nasty-looking staph infection that he had. Oh, yeah, man. His staph infection ain't nothing to play with. I've been there. Yep. So. so your thoughts on Roethlisberger? Uh, yeah, man. I think that right now he's he's should be in the MVP talk, dude. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think really it, it's hard because the Steelers are just – they're being looked at right now. They're being overanalyzed by every analyst there is out there. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I I've even noticed on ESPN and all that they they're talking about, you know, Mike Tomlin should be coach of the year because, you know, there there's been a couple times where the Steelers shouldn't have won the games, but they did. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um I think that Roethlisberger should be in the talk, but also, you know, it's it's kind of hard to say with everything going on, you know? Right. I mean, is. I I think that people are, are overanalyzing the situation. I think it's amazing that you're still undefeated, and I hope they keep going with it. But also, at the same time, if they lose a game or two between now and, and the playoffs, I'm not going to be sad about it because, you know what, they've gone this long and they beat, you know, I mean, like right now that was the uh, that was our trivia thing and, mm-hmm. and nobody's come up with that. So, I mean, okay. you know. All right, man. Well, speaking of your trivia, let's go ahead and get that knocked out. Let's do that. All right, buddy. Um, Where is it? Well, I don't know. Where is it? What have you done hold with on. it? I have to find it. I can't hold on anymore. <laughs> oh, come on now. Okay. The Steelers are 9-0 and to start the 2020 season. Now 10-0. and mm-hmm. When was the last time in franchise history they went on a winning streak? If you, it, you know... I said, if you can give us the year, what the streak was, and the team they lost to, we would give someone a special shout-out on our podcast. But nobody has come up with this. Man, you're doing better than I am. I'm a, i am i got to figure out something harder, obviously, next time when I do it, when it's my turn for the trivia, because they've gotten mine, but they haven't gotten yours. So, all right, lay it on us, buddy. So, the last time in franchise history they went on a winning streak was... 1978. Wow. And the streak was seven. And their first loss was to 
the Houston Oilers. I knew it was going to be a hard one because the Houston Oilers is no longer a franchise team. And I think this team this year compares to the team in 1978. Oh, yeah. Terry Terry Bradshaw was MVP that year. Uh And I think Roethlisberger should be right there with him. Right, absolutely, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for us today on Football Talk. Join us again next Saturday as we recap the Survivor Series weekend. Also, we will recap what has gone on since Survivor Series. Uh, Then, of course, we will... Well, we don't even need to do a division-by-division breakdown of basketball next week because we did it on this last night. Oh, that was a fun night. That was fun. That was fun. Um, we'll uh, continue on doing. I guess we'll probably what we'll do is we'll probably try to knock out as much of the baseball divisions, and just do a baseball talk. Because um, sounds like the baseball uh, off season is starting to heat up a bit. So sounds um, like fun. Absolutely. Uh, if something major happens um, in the basketball world, we'll probably go ahead and touch yeah. base on it. Yeah. But other than that, uh, Saturday will probably be baseball talk. I mean, Sunday will be baseball talk. Saturday, of course, wrestling talk. All right, man, you got anything else to add? Nope, that's it, man. I hope everybody has a good week. Absolutely. Also, uh, everybody have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Yes. Happy holidays from us to you. Uh, We appreciate everyone who's listened so far. We finally made it over the 100 download milestone uh, for the month of Thing, uh, almost a month of Thanksgiving, November. <laughs> I am tired, man. It's been a long week already, and it's just Tuesday. <laughs> Anyways, well, it's my Wednesday, but still. All right, so let's end it on this. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. sports.